Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. I am just pleased as punch to uh, introduce to you, for the first time on our show here, the founder and CEO of Logistics Plus, Jim Berlin. Jim, thank you so much for coming down and being on the show. My pleasure, Joel. Well, we are a family show. We like to get origin stories. Tell us how you came up. <laughs> That's you... a long story, man. <laughs> well, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Long Island, New York. Okay. I uh, went to school in Buffalo. Got caught up in the 60s. Got a little bit crazy. I ended up staying in Buffalo. Uh, worked in the steel factories. Uh, drove a truck. Uh, got kicked upstairs because I had a big mouth. Um, kept getting fired because I had a big mouth. Uh, and then in 1996, at 44 years old, I got fired again, um, and GE asked me to start this uh, project to help them save some money on their inbound domestic transportation. I figured, well, I better do something different, so I, I took the opportunity, bought the two people from my trucking company, three of us started a company uh, in a day, um, one-year wow. purchase order for 120000 bucks. Not much money there, if you do the math. Yes. Um, but we did real well, and uh, we were named a corporate best practice by Jack Welch in uh, 1997. Uh, next year, GE went to Mexico and Europe and Asia and expanded globally and took me with them. And uh, now we're all over the world, and we're pretty big. Still pretty small, but... Pretty big, small company. I was going to say, uh, it, it, you know, uh, according to Business Magazine there, you've been uh, uh, designated Best Medium-Sized Workplace uh, Award winner. Yeah, That's we won amazing. a lot of awards and never believe your own BS, <laughs> you know. But it's nice to get recognized. Yes. And the one the one that means the most to me is that the, the employees, really pretty, pretty happy group of people. We love what we do. It's a, a fun, crazy place. And if you hire the right people that don't mind fun and crazy, then... It works out well. So you were doing trucking in Buffalo. I was a truck driver. You were a truck years, driver. Man, yeah. And then uh, you were able to make a connection with GE Transportation? No. Um, I kept getting fired. Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I was laid off a lot. Yeah. Trucking in the 80s was tough. Okay. So I got laid off, and I moved to Jamestown, New York. And um, <laughs> I, I was working as a uh, driver, but the company I was working for went out of business. Wow. So my old boss from Buffalo asked me if I wanted to take a job as a as a night midnight dock foreman in Jamestown. And I said, you know what, I man, I'm a I'm a teamster, I'm a truck driver, I don't I'm not gonna be management. He said, okay. So six months later I called him back, hey you still got that job open? <laughs> right. So so I always joke about it. I think it's true. He, he hired me as a as a as a, a night foreman uh, on the dock in Jamestown. But like the next day he went to a different company. I always thought it kind of a a dirty joke he played on the company he was leaving, <laughs> right. sticking me in management. Oh my God! <laughs> but I became a, you know, became a manager. I did, I did real well actually. We, uh, I knew what it was like to drive, and I mm -hmm. knew what couldn't couldn't be done. And I got along with the guys. I knew knew them all. Yeah. Um, so we ended up being a really good operating terminal. Um, and then so ten years we did great. And then '96, uh, the vice president calls me up and says, "I'm coming to see you next week." I said, "You coming to fire me or close the terminal?" He goes, "No, nothing like that." So he comes up, and he walks in, and he says, I'm sorry to tell you, but we're, we're letting you go. Uh, good luck. I said, you know what? Good luck to you. You're losing the best guy you got. 
in front of all the guys, you know? Yeah. And I walked out strong. I got around the corner. I, I went on my knees. Oh, what, what am I going to do now? You know, <laughs> wow. 44, I got two kids in high school. Yes. Um, and then this thing kind of, so the takeaway of that is, is what seemed like the worst thing that ever ha could happen in your life turned out to be the best thing. Because I never would have had the nerve to quit a decent job in a company. I liked the job. So life kind of kicked me in the butt and um, turned it into something really very different. You went from the Jamestown basis, you moved Logistics Plus from Jamestown to Erie. What pre precipitated that? Was that the contract with GE? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, was, it wasn't any company. I mean, GE, on, on, on August 2nd, which was a Friday, uh, Dan Lynch, who was the traffic manager at GE, and actually when I got fired, I got fired for going to bat for a customer whose delivery got delayed. Okay. Yeah, needlessly. And I... Over the top, I'm always over the top. So I kind of made a lot of noise about the guy that screwed up in Hartford and didn't send the stuff. And that's why I got fired. But actually, honestly, when I got fired, I looked in the mirror. I said, you know what? You did the right thing. You went to the battery customer, so I can live with that. Yeah. And and not totally connected to that, but not disconnected to that. Um, a few months later, the Dan Lynch called me up and says, hey, he says, uh, we have a project. Um, it's a, called a bullet train. And a bullet train at GE was different people from different parts of the business had nothing to do with that part of the business looking with fresh eyes at something how can we make it better which is a clever idea i like that idea and they needed someone so it was august 5th and they were so eight months into the year they hadn't done anything yet for the savings they had to get so they needed someone to run this and they asked me to do that amazing so the, the, the funny part of this so I, I lived in jamestown came over here for the interview on a friday had to start on a monday um and Dan Lynch asked me, you know, if I had a, a business. And I said, yes, I didn't. But I said yes. So I stopped in Mayville <laughs> on the way back. And by the time I got home, I did have a business. So <laughs> you filled kind, out the kind papers of a, kind of the a courthouse. white lie, you know. You know <laughs> great to be an American, right? You can do that. Yeah, in, you can in do a that in a day, yeah. even great, in New York State, uh, right? Right. <laughs> so I did. So we started on a Monday and I went into GE. And, you know, we joked that I sat on Dan's lap because there was only one, only one phone, nothing prepared. <laughs> But wow. we did real well. We, wow. we we became a corporate best practice. We fixed a lot of things, um, and so it was kind of a, and a legend grew from there. Because uh, G next year went to Mexico and they took us. They took me there, and got a lot of notoriety. So lucky for me, who had no business experience at all, uh, my first customer was the largest, most profitable enterprise in the history of planet Earth mm -hmm. in 1996. So wow. I got I got I got a little bit lucky, but we made it. Are you still able to work with GE we even though they, they sold off? Years, yeah, 25 okay. years later, uh, they're Wabtech. Now, they're still yes. a customer, right? which I use a lot when I talk to potential customers because GE is a tough customer. Sure. And if you can survive 25 years there, you're doing something right. So, do you do you work with any of their other divisions like uh, do, aerospace yes. or whatever? Yes, okay, gotcha. All over the world, yeah. And, yeah. And uh, you know, we, we do move a lot of the locomotives to mm -hmm. India. Um, we moved 100 locomotives to Indonesia. Few years back, so they delivered uh, locomotives to Libya, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's been a, I mean, it was a great first customer to have. And what happened is, is G, they have a you know big customer and vendor base, so people liked how we dealt with their stuff. So really, I mean, we've grown to a three hundred million dollar company with basically one salesperson. It's really word of mouth. A lot of the G guys went elsewhere to big big companies, took us with them. They knew that Amazing. we were reliable. So it's really been a very organic uh, growth over these years from three people to, you know, five, six hundred now. You, you, you said, you know, I didn't know I was a businessman until you got into business. Yeah. But but 
what, you, business, but, well, <laughs> but what, I, what I'm hearing right away is that you bring empathy. You went to bat for that client that you yes. felt that was yeah. was uh, uh, ill treated. You went to you you go to bat for your drivers. You were a driver. Yes. You know what the experience yes. of a driver. How much is empathy important for a leader? Big big deal. Um, I think understanding what's possible. What, what, what when you you know you have some people that say look you know the salesman will say yeah they can we can get this to you tomorrow, but if your operations you know well, no that's not a tomorrow lane we're not going to do that. But the sales guy would say, well, I'll just tell him yes to get the business, and then you try to keep it. Ah, that's not really the right way to do that. So so understanding what's possible, what's not possible, understanding how hard the job is. So so if, uh, aside of that is when I got hired by – I was never hired by GE. When we started the company for GE, <laughs> this is funny, I got to um, go down to their trucking negotiations. Oh. And so, so here all of GE is negotiating all the – carriers or the LTO carriers in America and I told G I said let me do let me go first let me go to Red Star first which company I worked for and who was the guy down there in Fort Myers negotiating for Red Star but the guy that came up and fired me oh my six months before and he saw me and he turned white um, but I told him look you know you guys have a good you're important we're not going to try to crush you and so he's all oh, thank you and we kind of set the pace for a, a good negotiation i was kind of a hero because we did got such a good deal yeah. and then we went to every all the other companies hey red star gave us this deal didn't tell why but uh can you match that and so we did real well with that but uh, it's kind of i think you would you i think you would have done great under the john d rockefeller era i mean really? i mean i mean uh, i mean he, he was a strong negotiator like that too no, no it was the opposite yeah. though see no it was the opposite yeah um i i mean i had that advantage that he didn't he thought it was going to be of Ventral, and I yeah. wasn't. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But but really, it's funny because G thought we'd beat the crap out of these guys to get the price, and really it wasn't that. Interesting. I, I understood how hard LTL trucking was, so I didn't come in and just pound these guys. Look, we, you guys are valuable. You do a great job, so we're not going to kill you. And, and it's funny that— And LTL stands for? Less than truckload. So yes. So a pallet, a crate, yeah. five pallets. Sometimes it's a, it's a five-gallon drum of paint, right, right, exactly. and you have to get it yes. someplace. Yes. Right. But— um, you know, knowing what knowing what they, the kind of job they could do, and what I learned was that uh, people have a lot more prerogative than most people think. So mm-hmm. even though they're given marching orders that here's the best we can do, yeah, you know they can go a little further. Yeah, and uh, so it kind of, kind of paid off to know, you know, kind of know how to deal with people. Amazing. But it, but it wasn't pounding them. I mean, right? Because what happened is, G at the time was very tough on their. They actually, believe it or not, had a system where there was a stoplight in the room and you got up as a you know vice president or president of a company and you'd tell them how good you are and how much you know business you do and then the light would start going from green to yellow and then you got to start talking faster and they start hitting you with what kind of discount you can give us and when it turns to red you're out of there so oh it was a very vi- mean and vicious way we did it we sat back kicked our feet up and just said let's just talk you know what what can you do to help us and that really was the right way to deal with people it wasn't the and, and the funny thing is, G thought the pounding the vendor was the best way was at the, the time. Yeah. But when the tide turns, like it has today, mm-hmm. and the supply and demand is opposite, where the where the truckers are kind of calling the shots, they they often remember that these guys treat us like crap when they had the upper hand. Interesting. So now payback. Yeah. You know? So not not all of them, but there's there's a little bit of that uh, that element to all this. 
I think. So it's so in the end, to me, it's all about people. It's not so much power and strength. I mean, there's a little bit of that, but it's much more treating people with respect and, and trying to work a win-win, trying to formulate where do you want freight? I'm not going to force you to take freight that you don't want, but we can give us a great deal if there's a lane that you need help with. I tell you, interpersonal relationships counts whether you're moving freight uh, or, or you, you know, you're a nurse holding a hand of an yes, ICU patient. Yes. It's, it's all about relationships right. and, and empathy. Yep. Amazing. How about more numbers, Jim? How many? How much warehouse space? How many trucks, containers? How big is Logistics Plus? Well, we don't own many trucks or containers. Okay. We try to stay isolated, so we manage the stuff. We don't own. So, the stuff. so you're not. The capital intensiveness right. is in the buildings, in the real estate. It sounds yeah, like we mostly lease that too. We, we own. Okay. Like in here, we own Union Station. We own the Erie Times News Building. We own the old Zern Building and the old uh, Dana Break. Okay. But that's nah, that's not the plan. I mean, that's just kind of we had to do that for, for certain reasons. But um, we manage over two, maybe up to three million square feet of rail space just in the U.S. And that, it was it was a million maybe a year and a half ago. Wow. It was probably 50,000 five years ago. So that's been a big growth part of our business. Um, you know, fulfillment is a big part of that as well, where, where you know, you, you're fulfilling uh, – People buy stuff from Amazon or wherever, and you take you take one thing out of a box and put in another sleeve. And you thing. guys are doing. Yeah, we that. do that too. We do a lot of stuff. I mean, I used to joke that what's logistics? We move stuff, um, and everything moves, so it's kind of mm-hmm. a good thing to do. But now there's we do a lot more than that. I mean, we still do that as the base, but there's a lot of uh, you know. I, I tell people we're a solutions company, and and when customers need things, that we can hey, we can do that. Um, we do it, and it's been a key to our success. Is like one thing leading to another. Uh, you do a good job, and they say, "Can you do this?" And we say, "Man, we can do that." So you're like a jobber. Like I mean, obviously, solutions company. You're a solutions company, yeah. but but like, okay, if I am, uh, you know, if I'm L.O. Bean, I might have my own warehouse, yes. or they could use you. Yes, yes, we we do it for a lot of people. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and that's. I mean, in the last, certainly in the last two years, but certainly in the last 10 years, yeah. that's where this is all gone, yeah. right? Yeah, a lot of it is. It's from, from bricks and mortar to online. So so here's a crazy story. We started warehousing, when, when we started GE, there was three of us and maybe five of us and maybe 10 of us, and we're doing more and more stuff. Well, in 98 or 99, uh, GE decided to globalize. So they said, look, you know, we, there's good labor, there's good parts made all over the world. We should be part of that. So we got sent around the world. I did, and uh, they, when they set, set up vendors, they'd leave me behind, and I'd go to the vendor and say, "Look, you know, tell us what's going on. We'll help you get the part to your new customer in the USG," which was a big deal for them. Wow. But what what, what G hadn't really thoroughly figured out was that, like in Erie, for instance, the G Transportation, the locomotive parts were all shops in the Golden Triangle: Buffalo, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Erie. That's where everything came from. Now stuff's coming from Mexico and coming from China, Indonesia, Russia, all over the world. Well, that's, that's okay. I mean, the parts were good, and, you know, it's, I, I like globalization. But the problem is what no one thought about was that if, if something was late coming from Pittsburgh, you call up, guy gets in a truck, and two hours later, he's at your door. If something's late in, in Siberia, it's not so easy. And so... Um, and, and plus, the savings you might get by buying a wheel made in Russia versus made in Pittsburgh is real. It's a real savings. 
but one Antonov, one you know giant plane to bring the stuff to keep production running undoes all that. So right. no one had put those dots together. We kind of did, and we told John Rice at the time, you know, this is you got to look at the uh, the downside if something goes wrong. So I actually heard about this a thing called Supplier Distribution Center, which is a warehouse for overseas suppliers to have near their customer with a, what they call safety stock. So if you're four weeks transit time, you keep four weeks of stuff there in case you're a little late, so you don't have to fly something, which undoes all the savings. So he said, that's a great idea. I said, he said, who's going to pay for it? I said, well, I think the vendors will pay for it because you're going to blame them. If something's late, even if it's your fault, you're going to blame them, and how are they going to argue with you, you know? So he said, well, they'll never pay for it. You know, they'll never pay for that. I said, let, let me talk to them. So I went around the world. I talked to these vendors. I said, look, here's the deal. I know this, this is going to suck, but, but you should have a warehouse outside of GE, four-week supply. We'll take care of it for you, and we'll make sure that we keep the assembly line running. And, but you know, you got to pay for it, but it'll be worth it. And they agree, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to get blamed if it's an air, air shipment. So they all agreed to it. So I came back to, to John Rice. I said, guess what? You know, we got 18 vendors agreeing to put their parts here at their cost. It's unbelievable. He said, thank you. That's a great idea. So he put out a RFQ, a request for quote, to like five or six billion dollar warehouse companies. Mm-hmm. So I go to him. I said, you know what? It's my idea. I said, well, you know, don't I get a chance to bid on this? He says, you're, you're 10 people. You're not a warehouse company. I said, I know. But he said, yeah, okay. I mean, you can bid on it, you know. <laughs> so we go to the learning center. And it's me and Fred, who's our president, and he's—I'm like the crazy guy. He's like the serious guy. <laughs> and so uh, you have these five companies with you know half a dozen people in suits and ties, yeah, big powerpoints, talking about how much warehousing you do, and they all go around the room and do their thing. And it's our turn. So we had nothing to pr- pr- you know present. So I took the RFQ itself, and I said, "Well, let's see, how many warehouses do you own? None. How many <laughs> employees? None." Uh, how many years? Zero. How many forklifts? None. And everyone's starting to Twitter, you know, and right. kind of laughing and giggling. And Fred Elvis left the building. He he was sitting next to me, but he was gone. <laughs> he said, I'm not here. This guy's crazy. And I said, I said, I, I get it. You're all laughing. It's funny. I said, but you know what? I said, warehousing is pretty simple. In trucking, you do similar stuff. You take mm-hmm. stuff in, you put it on the dock, you take care of it. When it's time to go out, you take it and deliver it. Yeah. I said, that's not so hard. I said, you guys are the hard stuff. You're you're very chaotic. You're building at the time nine hundred locomotives a day, or nine hundred locomotives a year. That's crazy busy. Yes. And we know you better than you know you. And actually, we won, we won the contract. Oh my goodness. And we're still doing warehousing for them twenty five years later. But that's kind of a wow crazy story about how you know no way we should have done that. But did we're, you we're, were you able to instantly find the square footage that you needed in Erie? Yeah, we used that. We yeah yeah we did. We we found building one hundred on. McClellan. Okay. And um, it's funny because yeah, I don't want to talk out of school, but I mean, yeah. I mean, my take is that people at, at the, the G warehouse have gotten kind of uh, comfortable. Okay. Yeah. And we were hungry, you know. And, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. John Rice one time said to me, he says, How come you guys can get stuff out the door like in a day mm-hmm. when it takes us a week? And I said, The trick is because when our guys, when your guys see the truck back in, they kind of scramble and get out of sight. Yeah. Our guys dive in and do it. I mean, it really was just, there's nothing to it, but it's just hard work and elbow grease, you know? Sure. And we did a lot of that. Well, the reason why I ask it, because it comes up now that, uh, you you know, that we're short, 
you know, expansion space. You, you know, the, the economic development, they want to build a, ten, a million square feet of usable, you know, roof, you know, with yeah. a roof over the head space. It's, it's Are, is, is it getting challenging for you to find the, enough space for yeah. you to rent? Yeah, this was, long, this was 20 years ago. Uh, right, yeah, but um, even now. It is like, tough for now. So we, we, bought, we bought the Erie Times News Building last yeah. year for a project we had that needed somewhere else space. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought the Zern, part of the Zern are you, building. Where are you at the Times? Are you using the old press area? Yes. Yeah, we took okay. out the presses. Yes. Uh, uh, filled in the floors, actually. Yeah. And we use that for, and it's not so much, it's some warehousing. It's more um, data stuff we do there. So are you using some of the bullpens? Uh, I mean, that that was a sprawling area that had. Not really. It's not, I mean. It's, it's not that cool. big, but they, that big. it had, yeah. it had. Advertising, it had all that classified right. ads, it the, had the all that down to, sales, and yeah, yeah. That's, that's a kind of a dying industry, yeah, unfortunately. It's tough. Yeah, um, but we, we turned that into something, okay. We, we bought that in another crazy story, we bought that in a day. Wow, we, we literally bought that building the day that we saw it, closed on wow. it, wow, which is really hard to do, yes. And everyone tells you it can't be done, but we did it, you did it, but we needed to do it because we had, we'd uh, for a customer, we were doing some, some configuration. They came to, to check on us, like, who are these guys doing this configuration for us? And we were across the street from Union Station, a little tiny uh, Sanders old building. Uh-huh. And Vice President came and said, man, you guys are good. We're going to give you a lot more. And when she left, I said, man, we don't have any room for a lot more. <laughs> so, we, so we needed to find a space. Yes. And we uh, called Pete Zaffris, who said, I didn't know Pete, but he says, the Erie Times News has somewhere else space. And I looked at it a year ago. It's a good building, mm-hmm. fair price. And we, we bought it by and, six And was the day. rail siding important rail for that? Rail siding doesn't work. Okay. Oh, okay. It prepped, okay. The prep uh, football field took it out. Ah, gotcha. We didn't know that. <laughs> it, it didn't much matter. <laughs> right, right. Jim, I'm going to throw some, some quick stuff at you here just to kind of get a handle of it. W- what would you say is like a layman's definition of logistics? Is it just the moving of stuff? Yeah, it's, it's what it was. We move things. And yeah. It, we move, things have moved since the days of the camel caravans. And until some clever young kid gets an app that takes a pallet and makes it go from Chicago to Cleveland, <laughs> we'll be in business. It's got to get there somewhere. How much do you handle of exporting versus importing? Do you do a lot of work for American companies going out, or is it a, a lot of work of, of, of foreign companies coming in? Or Both. It's, it's yeah. a lot of everything. The balance everything. of trade is more inbound. Okay. So that is reflected in our business. But, yeah, we do a lot of exports and, and imports. And trucking, just whatever. Yeah. And we do, I mean, now we do a lot of stuff from Turkey to Russia. Or, or That's what Turkey. I was going to say. Yeah, like, over the world. So, inside India, you're moving yeah, yeah, stuff right. around, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's all the same thing, different in every place, but it's still moving stuff. Yeah. And a lot of it's just, um, you know, local knowledge. And then it's really kind of uh, creativity and stick to and perseverance because things happen. Uh, lights turn red. I mean, ships are late. I mean, there's all. So it's, I, that's why I tell people when I hire them. I said, look, things are going to go wrong. It won't be your fault, but you have to deal with it. And and you can't tell the customer that guy screwed up because the customer called you and you hired that guy. So we need to own up and answer for it. Find a way to make it as right as you can. If something goes wrong, hardest call in the world is call somebody and say, hey, your shipment's not going to be there when I promised it. But you can't have them hear that from someone else. You need to make that tough call. And tell them, here's what I did. Here's what happened. I'm sorry. Uh, here's how I'm going to fix it. Um, that's the hard part of the job. But you got to, you know, no one's 100% with this stuff. It's Sure. You know, the best companies are 95% on time. 
And if you're doing a million shipments a day, that's 50,000 that didn't get there every day. Gotcha. Right. So, so like it's, uh, it's not for everybody. How many levels are below Logistics Plus? So, okay, so if you're shipping something and um, uh, you're dealing with a trucking company from, from let's say, the port to a warehouse, and then it's got to go to local delivery, right? I mean, you're dealing with yeah. uh, a local jobber or unless you're doing like the one truck kind of thing. Uh, uh, the reason why I, I know that LTL is I literally had an – you mentioned Connecticut. I had an order of wire that came from Connecticut to our transmitter site in Venango Township, and it was literally one truck, one spool of wire, and it went direct. Right. And, uh, and you paid for that. I had to pay for that. Right, yes. Right. I mean, if you want to go LTL, that might cost, you know, hundred bucks on LTL. It might cost a thousand bucks on a truck. So if you want to pay for it, there's ways you can do that. Yeah. But it gets expensive. So there's there's they're good. LTL does the. It's like a, if you think of it of airlines. Mm-hmm. So if you fly out of Erie, and you when you know when Delta was here, you went to Detroit. Yep. United, you go to Chicago. American, you go to Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell. American, I want to go to Dayton, Ohio. You got, <laughs> right. you get there, but you yeah. get there through their system. Absolutely. And, it, and if it's on schedule, you can make a good plan. That's what LTL is like. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, the the uh, experience. So, did you find that uh, that folks were experiencing supply chain problems beginning before the pandemic? Did you notice something was up with supply chain before the pandemic? No. Okay, so things were moving pretty good. Yes, I, th- I thought so. Yes. Like parts, people could yeah. get their parts. Yeah, I mean, occasional mess-ups, but generally working well. I think it just the pandemic and then the stimulus was a double whammy to throw everything out of whack, and it's going to take some time to get it back. Yeah, you, so you weren't really hearing, like, uh, you know, a, a, a customer complaining about a vendor saying, hey, I can't, I'm having a hard time getting X. No. Okay. All right, so this is a pandemic deal. Um, can you explain how the ports work, L.A. and Long, Long Beach? What's the deal with that? Not, not real well. Uh, I'm more of a trucker. but uh, Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, you can see – I mean, think about if you're going to a, a place and there's only certain chairs. Yeah. You, I mean, if it's 10 chairs, 10 docks, and you have 50 ships – you have to wait. These things take a long time to un- Are you hearing that that the ports are having a hard time having enough dock workers there? Is this that, is I this a personnel was, thing? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it possibly could be. I'm not sure. Yeah. Cuz you never you don't get, you know, you don't get straight answers on everything. I mean Okay. I mean like the I think I think they'll probably work to the speed that benefits them. I mean, uh, are there people that you get on the phone with that that yeah. work at a port? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and they can sometimes they can do something sometimes they can't I mean I mean if you uh, you look at a container ship and there's twelve thousand containers on there and yours is in the middle it's gonna it's not gonna get unloaded till the ones on top of it get right. off so there's there's some flexibility with that but it's a pretty big you know system that's hard to hard to move we've done some crazy things in the past where we had uh, one time G needed a ship uh, we needed a delivery to a ship. On, on uh, St. Patrick's Day. Okay. St. Patrick's Day in Newark, New Jersey is a holiday of all holidays. <laughs> so everything's closed. There's oh nothing you word. can do. But at that, that time we called the port. We called a, a security guard. He let the truck in. He signed for delivery. And it was, it was where, it need, where it needed to be on time. Wow. But that was like a, that was a rare thing. And yes. you can't count on that. that that's kind of a little bit of luck, a little bit of no one 
somebody. So generally, stuff from Asia is going to come through the West Coast. Yeah. Stuff from Europe uh, or South America is coming through the East generally, Coast. Generally, pretty yeah, much, yeah. yeah, like Brazil or whatever. Yeah, a lot shorter. Yeah. Um, so that makes you know that this idea of moving stuff to Florida. You've probably heard that news story. Yeah, is I mean, that a thing? It might be a thing in the future. I mean, right now, it's it's not going to be a quick answer. There's no quick answer to this. I I don't think. Yeah. Because you have too many entrenched interests that don't want to kind of fix it. Um, making hay while the sun shines. Um, you're getting, so everybody's getting paid more? Is well, that what this well, is? Yeah, workers are getting more money. Yeah. And, and so they're yeah. getting paid more. The container, the shipping companies are charging a lot more for containers. So, I mean, I mean, no one's going to say that, but, I mean, there's some, you know, if, if I can charge 20000 bucks for a container that I charged 2000 bucks for last year, I might not want it to end too quickly. So, I mean, everyone's going to say the right things. They're all trying to... Resolve this. So that doesn't give you headaches, though, because you're just it's a your it's a pass along for you. It's not a pass along. You still have to find ways because you have a contract. Yeah, you you have to find ways to try to get your the stuff you're working on moved ahead of others. Sometimes that's paying more. Uh, Is it worth it? You know, we can get you for five thousand bucks. We can get this delivered, but it's no longer two thousand bucks. Is it worth it? If it's an expensive product, maybe yeah. So you've had to alter your quotes and oh, yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. The market's changed. It's a force majeure, a hand of God kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you can't control that. Um, Interesting. And some people don't want to hear it, but, you, you know, we had one customer in Cincinnati uh, complaining about his container rates. I said, well, cool. you call your trucker. You paid 600 bucks a year ago to go to Dayton. See what he charges today. Wow. You know, and it's double that. Um, so just uh, the world's That's changed. Incredible. And until it comes back in line, you got to adjust accordingly. Do you think that that that's a bubble? Then it'll burst, and there'll be lots of capacity. Yeah, I, I think over. T- I think it'll take okay. some time. And yeah, I heard your earlier comments. I, mean, I think for now, I mean, you know, we've we've bought all Christmas gifts already. I mean, like like this, so you like, yeah you kind of a first world done. problem. Okay. I mean, it's not the end of the world if you <laughs> yeah. can't get the toy you want. Uh, you know, it might not be the greatest thing, but okay. I mean, like that's that is something that you can live with. You know, we're kind of spoiled that way. Um, so you have to plan ahead a little bit more. You might not get choice A or choice. You know, yeah. you're buying a car. You might not get the exact model and color you want. Is that the end of the world? Eh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think so. You just take a different one. You know. So, so um, you know, what what are you thinking? How the chain will catch up? I'm, I'm especially concerned about things like this these concept these rules for example uh you know first the, they were saying that the the western ports were only working like uh so many hours a day whereas the florida ports were 24 7 or whatever uh but the that you also had to bring in the proper size container uh as a trucker or else you couldn't leave yeah. with that same is that all real stuff yeah it is there's a lot of strands to this supply chain um so there's not it's not a one answer thing it's not going to be a West Coast goes to twenty four, you know, twenty four hour shifts. That'll help a little bit, but it's, this is going to take time. To they're saying to, they might no want to do the National Guard, Jim. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, and that you, would help. I would think if there's no workers out there to to drive trucks, I would think. I would think we got to this. This did accentuate issues that were underlying already. Uh, I'm, a, you know, I drove truck for ten years. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of people that I know. A lot of people don't like immigration, but. There's a lot of Eastern Europeans that are good truck drivers that could come here and work. Wow. Um, to me, I'm, I'm for that. I mean, anyone, to me, anyone that wants to work, 
I'm okay with. You know, you know what's so crazy about this, uh, and not to cut you off, but like they were saying five years ago, oh, we're going to have self-driving trucks. We won't yeah, need truckers. This is a dead-end job. Yeah, That's nuts, though. Yeah, I, I remember the same thing with pilots. going to be pilots uh, short, now they can't find enough pilots, you know? I mean, the same with truck drivers. You, you, I, I, you know, I love technology. I'm not sure that it's going to be as quick and as easy as everyone thinks. I think there's been a lot of backtracking on the on the trucks. You know, my, my simple question is, you know, is the old standby, is it a basketball or is it a toddler? And what does the truck do when the computer doesn't know that? You know? And so that's, you know, I have, I, have a te- I drive a Tesla and I, I love, I love the speed of it and it's a fun car to drive, but the auto steer, I've had it for six years. Eh, it's not any better than it was six years ago. I don't think. Interesting. Um, so there's all, I mean, technology is great and yeah. someday we'll have this, I don't think it's going to be as soon as people think, and I do, and you know, and truck driving, you know, I'm a big believer that any work is honorable. I'm not a big believer you have to go to college to have a good career. You can make you know eighty to hundred thousand bucks a year driving a truck. Um, it's a skill. It's it's you know it's, it's learnable. It's kind of cool. You get to see the the country. You need a lot of patience uh, with dealing with all these drivers yeah, around you. Yeah, you do. It's uh, yeah, but but. It's it's a living, you know. Yeah, it's, a, sure. it's, a, it's not a minimum wage living. No, it's not. It's not a, it's it's a upper middle class living mm-hmm. that you can get without a college degree, and I, I think it's uh, honorable work, and I think we should get more more people to do that. Yeah, we used, we used to have uh, that kind of. Well, they still have it at the Northern Pennsylvania Regional yeah. College. I mean, that's C- been a, CLC. Been a, kind of a you know, it's, it's been shaded. I think. Yeah, I mean, that's I, true. I think all these jobs are not college educated or second tier, but it shouldn't be. Mm-mm. You know, I, I like I like driving a truck. It was it was fun. I just got fired because I had a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But you make a good living. I mean, yes. that's, and it's a it's a, it's a you're the, the cowboys of the old days. You're the guy that takes the stuff and your front line, valuable valuable role. What about warehouse uh, workers and things? Uh, again, um, you know we're, we're you know you mentioned uh, fulfillment. Are mm-hmm. are you having trouble filling those those jobs? We've been lucky so far. Okay. Um, so it's been okay, but it's it's tougher. I mean, some people don't want to work, and some people want to you know make a lot of money. But these guys make decent money. I mean, it's yeah. like it's not uh, you know it's it's not it's not a upper middle class, but it's a middle class job. I mean, it's it's yeah. is it is it you know you I read the book Nomad Land. They 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 talk about these older yeah, people so working that, yeah. at uh, Amazon, and you know just even the repetitive nature of uh, the scanner. Uh, buttons right. and all that stuff. I mean, it's not for everybody, no, but it's it, but it's like you say, it's honorable work and yeah. it's clean work, really. Yeah, it is. It's it's, it's re- re- you know, repetitive and all that. But I mean, to me, you, you try to make work fun, no matter what it is. When I when I was, it's funny. When I was working the docks up in Buffalo, the trucking docks, nobody wanted to do the job of unloading fifty-five gallon drums that weighed five hundred fifty pounds. Wow! So you get forty of them on a truck or eighty eighty of them on a truck. You had to unload them, and there's a forklift attachment that you can go and kind of grab them with a grabber and move them. I used to do it by hand. I used to take the barrel truck, <laughs> and and as I'm walking down the dock with these things, I would do like uh, dips, you know, while you're walking. And and I, I said, oh I'm getting goodness. paid, you know, at the time it's like 18 bucks an hour to to exercise. I mean, so wow. I didn't mind that, and I was just as fast as the guy who would try to use the tow motor to do it. Oh my gosh! So I don't know. It's like. <laughs> To me, you know, I, 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 I think I think honest work is, no matter what it is, is, is good work, you know. So do, are, are you hearing from any of your suppliers that uh, 
that this should work itself out at some point point here? Well, I mean, I, and like when? Yeah, that, that, what I hear is you know middle of next year. It's gonna take it's gonna take seriously. Time. There's a lot of lot of issues that have to be addressed, and it's gonna take. It's not a no quick fix to this. It's gonna have to work its way through. Um, so as as we've seen from COVID, a lot of times there's no magic wand. You know, you gotta get gotta get through it. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so again, from the consumer point of view, you said that you've already done your shopping for Christmas. Yep, all done. So that that's probably the logistics guy would probably know that if you want the top selection, this is the time yes, to get it. There won't be there won't be as many alternatives um, come close to Christmas. You'll be out, you'll be out of luck. Wow! Wow! All right. So uh, what what are the immediate plans next six to twelve months for Logistics Plus? You got anything to re- uh, to announce? Me, you would ask me that question. Yeah. We have we have no plans. <laughs> we never have. Okay. Twenty five years without a plan. Um, but we, we but you're at three million square feet here in Erie. No, in the U.S. In the U.S. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. But we have a, um, no plans. But I see a lot of growth if we don't screw things up. Mm. I think we we have a lot of customers loving us and giving us more to to do. I think um, people are, are outsourcing what we do. I think they're realizing that that's not their core competency, as they call it, yeah. and it is ours. So if you quote leave the driving to us, uh, we'll do a lot better than you'll do. Um, Wow. The, uh, a, a guy might have a great traffic manager, but someone pays him five thousand bucks or more, you know, more to leave. He's gone. And then what do you got? So with us, you have a continuity. So there's a lot that we uh, bring to the table. And I used to tell people when I was out selling, I said, you know, we can do all the things you do, and you can pay us, and it end up costing you less than if you did it yourself. Wow. Because we know the connections, we know the people. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a great it's a great position to be in, and I see more and more coming our way because people want to just focus on what they do, and leave the driving to us, and everything shows up when it's supposed to or as close as possible to that. It makes a lot of sense to say, okay, you know, I don't I don't need you know, you know I could just send the bulk to this fulfillment house or to this warehouser and let them get it out the yep, door yep. and. So is there a lot to be said during this pandemic of the idea of just-in-case versus just-in-time? I'm sure you still do a ton of just-in-time type of uh, uh, deliveries, right? Yeah, less and less, though. I mean, you have to yeah. you have to realize it's not so easy anymore. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, people were depending on, yeah. okay, it leaves China 45 right, days right, before right, I right, need right. it, and I'm going to get it. But, you know, think about it, though. I mean, I, that's what the, when I went to John Rice and said, look— you know, you, you have all these wheels coming from Russia now, way cheaper than from Pittsburgh. Yes. But something's going to happen somewhere along the line. So you need a safety stock. Well, that something is what causes a air shipment that undoes a whole year's worth of savings. So even back then, things still happened. Uh, it just happened on a much bigger scale now. Yes. So wow. now, you know, the norm is no longer the norm. Back then, it was once in a while there'd be a hiccup. Now it's a, a kind of a barf. It's, is it is are this is this labor unrest kind of an X factor for you guys? Uh, I mean, I'm thinking about Kellogg's and John Deere yeah, and all that. Hasn't been for us. I mean, no. I think just people are making hay when the sun shines right now. Okay, There's a lot of money out there, and everyone kind of wants their their take, you know. But we've uh, we've haven't had those. We treat people well and pay them well. So, sounds like you don't, you don't pay too much attention to the the news of the day as far <laughs> as like, hey, what's this mean to me? You just you kind of smooth yeah. sailing. Well, it's funny. I, I, when I speak at schools, I tell them that I went to the uh, Thomas School of Business. 
Everyone kind of acts like they know where that is, but there's no Thomas School of Business. It's, it's Thurman Thomas, the running back from the Buffalo Bills. And I said, little guy gets down low behind the big guys, sees the hole and hits the hole. Yes. That's, been our, that's been our way for 25 years. And it's a little bit crazy, but if you hire people that don't mind that and kind of get off on the insanity of it, and like let's yes. just conquer the world, it's, uh, it works real well. Well, you've been working really well for Erie, Pennsylvania. Again, buying these iconic buildings, you know, you know, making your mark as far as sponsoring things that are important to the community. And, and again, a true leader, Jim Berlin. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much, Joel. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>